Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you unlock your true strength so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. So today we're going to have a really awesome conversation with a influencer that I met just a week or so ago. Her name's Barb and she is a non-diet trainer, which I think is incredible. That's really what the space that I'm working towards and that I'm moving in is to really help women end the diet binge cycle and make peace with food in their body. And I love her message. She has a fantastic page and she has a really amazing program that she's going to tell you more about, which I think is really, really important this time of year, especially because we're headed into the new year. We are a couple of weeks there. It's absolutely insane. Like 2021 is almost here. Thank goodness, right? We are ready to turn the page and move on to this new chapter and to be able to to move on to this next one, right? (laughs) Super, super excited. And I know that this conversation is really going to be fantastic for anyone who's struggling with being consistent with exercise, who might feel like exercise is a chore, any of those things, then that is going to be, this is going to be for you, my friends. So I am super excited. I would love to hear also, if you guys are on here, I would love to hear, oh, she's here. There we go. Yeah. Hi. What's up? What's up? So good to see you. So great to see you. We were just talking about this. It's always like a little bit of like, like, you know, trial and error until we like get the interwebs to work. Yes. 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 So here we are. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm super excited. I'm awake now. Yes, we were just chatting right before this, and she's like, I feel like it's 2 a.m. that we're doing this, and it's so dark out. As you can see. Yeah. I'm like, I need to go to bed. It's so dark. But we're about to have this really enlightening conversation, and I was just prefacing all of that and how we're going to move into this conversation about joyful movement, and I really want my audience to just hear from you as far as how you got into this space of being a non-diet trainer, how you identify that way. Um, and, and what that means for my audience. And then more about your joyful movement program. I think it would just be so beneficial being that here has been a year and we're ready to turn a new page. One yes. that is filled with compassion and joy and that kind of movement as well. So welcome. Let's hear yes. about you. <laughs> oh, hello. I'm Barb. She, her, um, the non-diet trainer. Yay. I'm not the only non-diet trainer, thank God, uh, that's out here. But like you said and mentioned and alluded to, it's something that I've kind of started to take on pretty recently because it is how I approach uh, training with my clients. And that kind of gets us into this like conversation that we've started having about like, what's the difference between training and movement? So something that resonates with a lot of people, as you know, is like, maybe exchanging the word like exercise and workout with movement that just feels more neutral for a lot of folks. So that's kind of where I'm starting, right? So joyful movement being something that's like 
just everything counts. Like we are so bogged down in saying like, okay, like this counts if I do it for 30 minutes or my heart rate gets this high or I burn this many calories or I get this sweaty or this sore. And we have all these little measurements that we've been taught to say like, this means that you did something beneficial for yourself. And I get that. And I think as a trainer, it's a really, it's like a high responsibility thing. Um, I take it really seriously. I know I'm like all joy and fun, but below the surface, I'm like, this is really intense shit. And I think this is really important. You are really taking care of people's bodies and then as a human being in that moment, in that session. So All that to say, I have had the amazing opportunity to learn and grow um, as a trainer at GetFit 615, which we have grown, I guess, as a team for a long time together. I remember when I first started, I think I was still like counting macros and, you know, doing like powerlifting or something and like working out by myself. And it was like really lonely, but I do still also like to work out by myself usually. I've learned that about me. So we've, we've all grown since the time that I started working there, but now it's just a really amazing space that takes on these like, seem, I mean, radical ideas of being anti-diet, anti-racist, inclusive, like not just trying to ignore difference, but really see this community because we talk about community spaces as fitness spaces and seeing difference and allowing it to be there, which is really cool. I think a lot of places say like, we're super inclusive. And I'm like, so I don't know that I see that. And that's something I'm still learning, like being a thin cis white woman. It's just like, oh, cool. I'm learning things all the time. But yeah, I've had the really awesome opportunity to be a trainer in that way. Yeah. About the community and like being inclusive. So I'd love you to expand upon how you are doing that. With your clients, with your community, how are you taking the, you know, taking the measures to make it more of a, like, just inclusive mm-hmm. environment for all peoples of all sizes, all races? What does that look like? Mm. That's, like, a really, uh, we just had this conversation with a group of mine. We're doing a book club on radical dharma. It's really awesome. It's essentially about using, like, Buddhism and the Buddhist dharma or teachings to create radical change and radical social shifts. But we're talking about how we always want this, like, 10-step program of, like, this is how you become inclusive. But sometimes it's really a simple, like, I've heard over and over, for example, from friends who are trans are like, hey, like, just ask for my pronouns, share your pronouns. And, like, that's, that's a great starting point. So I'm not here to, you know, speak on behalf of those folks, but just being open to listening to people who are in different bodies, which Instagram is an amazing place for that. You really have access to so many different kinds of stories. Like I just see Instagram as storytelling, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. So yeah, the reason I picked non-diet instead of anti-diet, I know I mentioned like, oh, we're an anti-diet space, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's because like, I ultimately don't care, <laughs> not in a mean way, but I don't care if you have dieted or dieting aren't dieting. Um, I typically like to work with clients who are like ready to, you know, do something different, um, but doing it on their own time. I know that years and years and years ago, um, I would not have been ready for that message. And I think everyone kind of comes to it when they're like, yep, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to try something different and get off the cycle of just dieting and doing, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's been kind of my background in that. 
that cycle is something I'm so familiar with. And so many of my clients and my, the people in my space are so familiar with too, of both dieting and exercising that cycle kind of looks the same where we restrict and we feel deprived and we are eating all these crazy foods and not take into account, like what we feel. And that's actually something I noticed um, one of your clients on your page there to testimonial. And one of the things that she said is, you know, allowing yourself to pick movement based on how you feel. Yes. But that was really cool. Could you expand upon that? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know just to dial it in a little bit. So that's really where we go into joyful movement, which is somewhat a tenet or one of the guidelines of intuitive eating. And so, yeah, I'm really stoked to teach people about that because I want to talk about first, instead of talking about what joyful movement is, talk, talk about training and how I see that, or at least we can talk about like exercise, right? And I was jamming on this today and thinking about it. And I feel like the big thing is that exercise is always seen as getting your one to change your body. And it can be an aesthetic change. It can be a functional change or both and or situation, but it's always results driven. It's always like, I'm doing this so that I can achieve X, Y, and Z, you know, people starting to run. Why, why are you running? Oh, I'm training for a 5k or something. It's like unheard of to want to run or lift or, you know, any sort of like movement stuff just for the sake of it. Like yeah. I remember being out on a run. I don't, I don't feel like I run anymore, but <laughs> back in the day when that was part of my movement practice, I remember people being like, what are you training for? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> don't know what that means. So that then segues into talking about joyful movement. And it's like you said, it's this interoceptive awareness of like tuning into your body, which we say a lot, I feel like in this space of like, just listen to your body. And we're like, I don't know what it's saying. <laughs> we have spent so long ignoring it. Right. Um, so starting with truly the basics and, um, you know, just being able to ask yourself, like, you know, I'll ask clients, like, how spicy is this? You know, instead of being like, how hard is this? You want to go harder? It's like, no, like, how spicy is this on like a scale of one to five? Five is like habanero spicy or something. Um, then like one is like pepper or something. But <laughs> like, spicy. And that's okay. Like something that's a little more neutral than just like, we're trying to go hard all the time. And yeah, sometimes like, we just don't know what we like. I like working with kettlebells. My partner does not. He's like, this is too technical. I don't like it. I can't just like zone out and move. He's way more into rock climbing. I have learned I could not care less yeah. <laughs> usually about that. It's too complicated for me. So I feel like we have to honor again, like going back to inclusivity, like we have to honor those differences and there's not one right way to move, uh, one right thing to like enjoy, like you know, I mean, it's not the what, it's the how you do it. Because I even think of dance for me as joyful movement, right? Like, oh my God, I'm dancing at home. For a professional dancer, it's still their passion, but it's like, this is their life's work. And they're like drilling and doing technical work. And, you know, they're really having to dedicate some time to it. And it's not always fun. Like, I'm sure they still get amazing benefits. And they're still like, this is what I love. But it's still a different relationship to how you are doing a thing. And so to me, joyful movement is really like movement without focusing on the end result, no matter what it is. Oh, I love that you made that definition because it is so true. Like so, so many times people are training for that end result, whether it be the 5k or to lose weight or 
emotional movement patterns, you know, what I eat, but very few people are going to respond. Oh, I'm just moving because I enjoy it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. And it could be anything. I mean, you could be doing something that's traditionally posed as like, you know, traditional exercise, like, you know, doing squats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's still such a different approach to being like, okay, well, I'm going three sets of eight at 80%, you know, one rep max at blah, blah, blah. You know, this is my tempo squat versus just like, I'm just going to go and like, until it feels good. And I'm just going to stop yeah, <laughs> and right. rest until I feel rested. Like it's just yeah. a very different approach. Isn't that a for- novel thought? I think that's like, so mm-hmm. like not accepted in the training mm-hmm. world. Have you right. that as well? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> As an aside, I, I've talked to so many, like, other non-diety trainers um, about, I was like, I really want a certification where I can, like, learn more about programming. I think it's really important that if someone does want to train, because ultimately it is personal training that I offer for one-on-one stuff, and someone's like, hey, I really want to get stronger in these specific ways, I'm totally cool. If you want to be results-driven, I've had times where I'm like, I want to get better at these specific things, and how do I do it? But it is really tough to find even a certification, a way to learn um, from other mentors or whatever in the space to get better at that stuff, but to also honor the other side of the coin where it's like, or you can just move because it's fun. Like we don't have to follow like specific programming or call it this specific thing. Every movement that I see, like I always think about, like, I think it's so wild, like all the deadlift variations. At some point, someone was just like, let's just fuck around and try this. Like, what if I take my feet out wider? What would would that feel like for (laughs) doing stiff-legged? It's like, who thought of that? And like, why do we say like one is better than the other? It's just really interesting of like how we have these hierarchies of like what's better and what's worse. Um, But at some point, someone's just moving around and being like, huh, that's kind of cool. I feel that in this muscle. Yeah. Probably gonna strengthen it, I guess. For sure. I love that you use the word hierarchy because that's mind when you were speaking about that it's like the same thing relates to food and how we mm-hmm. have learned hierarchy with food instead of just mm-hmm. feeling into what feels good for us and like letting that up. right yeah that's such a good point for sure and it's tough because I understand that structure is sometimes helpful for us and sometimes it just becomes like a little prison for us where it's like I'm really safe in here I think <laughs> Right. And we're just like kind of policing our own selves about how we move and how we eat. Yeah. Um, super fascinating. But that sounds like a Debbie Downer. However, <laughs> in the Joyful Movement program, um, it's a four week program. So it's fairly short, but we dive into a lot of stuff. It's changed a little bit every iteration that I've had just because of the feedback that I'll get from folks. But this time we are the overall premise is to really dive into the kind of nuances and nitty gritty of like tuning into your body during movement. I'm a big proponent of connecting it to food nonetheless. So we have movement snacks and movement meals that we'll talk about and essentially creating a menu for ourselves to kind of, again, like nourish ourselves with movement. Um, This is sometime like in round two, I think that we started talking about like connecting, like, okay, a movement snack is something that You know, if I'm sitting at my desk for a while, this is like where I spend most of my time anyway. I just have this cute little little movement corner (laughs) where I can just go hang out, do a little movement snack. And that's going to be different for everyone, just like snacks are different for everyone, where you're just like, 
oh, today I'm, today I'm feeling like a little sandwich or something. And sometimes I'm like, I just want like a little something else. Like, I don't know, just take a few baby carrots or something. Yeah. But uh, it's going to look different, but it's always going to be a little bit smaller, just a quick little thing. And then a meal is going to be something that's a little more hearty. So I think of like something that's generally longer, maybe a little more involved, they need a warm up, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And again, it's like hard to define it, but that's kind of our <laughs> overarching theme for those four weeks. And it's the biggest and most important thing is, is having that non-diet community, because I think it can feel really lonely, as you might know, um, to step away from dieting stuff and dieting talk and all that kind of thing, where you're going essentially against the stream of traditional fitness and how you're speaking about movement in your body. Um, so it's really nice to be on the same page with a group of folks. Um, it's capped at 15 people. I think probably these big spots are filled up. So, um, I'm really excited about the new crew, but it's capped at 15, especially this round since I'm doing more, um, one-on-one like weekly check-ins with folks. Cause that's what I also realized is we do get this like all or nothing thinking. Um, and that's just like in general, <laughs> has a lot of roots um but definitely diet culture capitalizes on like either you're perfect or you're failing and you need to get back on the bandwagon so that's also a big thing that we work on just throughout is uh checking in on that all or nothing thinking doing b plus work (laughs) i learned that from uh wholehearted coaching she's amazing sharon so lovely but she talks about just turning in b plus work you know good enough stuff And that's what I definitely love kind of incorporating into our movement practice and letting, like we say, like all foods fit with intuitive eating, like all movement fits as well. Um, So I'm really excited to see like what people are interested in, um, especially these days where it's all virtual. I had folks from coast to coast. And so people are like, I'm going snowboarding. I'm like, what? That's (laughs) awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, I tried snowboarding once and it just like bruised my tailbone, but not my joyful movement. That's okay. Right. (laughs) I love that you identified it as like a movement meal versus a snack and like allowing it to just be available, like however it makes sense to you. And that's that for me, it took a really long time as someone who was very stuck on programs. And it's like when the 30 days would end or the three months would end, I felt like I didn't know what to do food-wise or movement-wise. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't trust myself with what to do. Um, mm. So you kind of feel like you're going off the rails. And, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Just feel like kind of out of control. And when you're really like zoned in on that, that program, but mm. just allow it to be however it, 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 you want it to be, you know, then I realized, oh, like, I just like to stretch sometimes. Like, that's mostly what I'm doing. Like, people ask me, I'm like, I'm just stretching a lot. And, like, I'll do some jumping jacks. Like, yes, literally me today. Like, dancing is, like, the best. Like, I don't care if he's watching. Like, yes. <laughs> Perfect for social distancing. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I love Exactly. That. Very yeah. Uh, something that you said, uh, my brain will think of it. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking a lot about, yeah, the movement meals and movement snacks and stuff. Um, Just thinking about, like, I don't know, like, there are some days that I eat more and some days that I eat less or I'll be like, I'm not as hungry. I still, like, make sure to eat something, obviously, but it's just going to ebb and flow. And I feel like this year overall, like, I've had less of a desire to move my body. It's still there, um, but, like, less so. It's very understandable. And then I have folks who are like, 
hey, actually, I've had more of a desire to move. I feel cooped up. I feel um, my stress levels are high. So it's like, again, we're all going to respond differently. Some people, you know, stress eat far more. Some people's appetite is suppressed when they're stressed. And it's like, cool, our bodies are going to respond to this kind of, um, honestly, collective trauma of this year very differently or like this grief moment um, as we're kind of wrapping up the year. Um, which I guess brings me to that kind of new year, new me mentality. And quite frankly, I'm curious to hear what, how you feel about it. Okay. I love me some New Year's Eve. I, for the past couple of years, have been just um, meditating into the new year with my uh, Sangha, my spiritual community. It's been like the most chill time of all time ever. I love a new start. I love a new planner. She's waiting for me. Um, <laughs> I so love that's my approach. However, I definitely am not like a huge goal oriented person because I know that I can't, again, <laughs> if I focus on the results of like, I'm going to do this and this and this, I can't guarantee that it's going to happen. Like if I had set goals at the beginning of this year, I'd be like, wow, I haven't met any of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I do the whole like one word intention thing and then just be like, Oop, that's it. Yeah, uh, but I'm curious how you feel about New Year's before we dive into it. Yeah, no, I really love the intention setting too. I think I've been one of those people also in the past that's been very like, I gotta set the goals and whatever it might be. And even this past month, our studio is doing like a, a character walk or run a mile every day. And I started it, but I just don't like doing stuff every single day. Like I don't like doing the same stuff every single day. I get really bored. Mm -hmm. you know, walking and I love walking it's one of my favorite forms of movement but sometimes like I just don't want to and like you had mentioned like letting it be okay that you don't desire to move as much in this year or in this season and just letting that you know, sometimes we just need rest like mm -hmm. when my client said that the other day she was like wow you know I put myself through that workout but then like halfway through I realized I probably just needed the extra sleep mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. and she like realized that and I was like isn't that awesome though that you've took that opportunity to look at that and say, you know, next time, now I know how to take care of myself. Um, yeah. So I love that, but really focusing more on intentions that I did see you post about how you're like into the goals. And I, I love that because it gives you space to evolve. I feel like with the intended, like, it's like, you can go in with January with one intention and evolve so much. And then in February, it might be a new direction that you're headed and it kind of allows you to like mold into that. Right. Oh, for sure. Because, like, I mean, I can't see. <laughs> I can't predict the future. Right. Uh, certainly could not see January of 2020 what was going to be happening. Um, if I could, I oh, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> and neither did anyone else. So it's like, it's fine. But, um, yeah, I love that. It's kind of like instead of – and sometimes I was talking to a friend of mine who is more goal-oriented, and she's like, it sometimes feels like you are – giving up on yourself when you kind of let go of the results a little bit where it's like, Oh, like, but what, like I have not nothing tangible um, at the end of this. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, even the tangible things are not that tangible. Um, you know, I could go off and be like, well, I had this much of a bench and did, you know, this was my mile time. And it's like, yeah, but those were all fleeting. Like, yeah. you know, as a trainer that if you work on strength, you're, you know, if you like really dial in on strength, maybe your uh, mile time goes uh, up, honestly, or like if you work on strength, but then your flexibility is going to go down for sure. And just kind of balance all those things. 
and try to be good at everything is just not, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, so to me, I'm just like, well, if that's not going to happen. We might as well focus on making it fun. <laughs> because yeah. well, I don't know, just go towards play, which I think is funny because I do think that I'm a serious person, but that's exactly why I'm like, you got to think about what's like good and pleasurable and enjoyable in this world. <laughs> Otherwise we are not going to make it. You are going to burn out. Um, to be so serious all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, this is not, there's a time and place. And I think that if someone comes to me and it's like, Hey, I have a specific goal. Amazing. Um, training is not going to be fun all the time. That's something else I've talked to with people where they're like, you know, Barb, like I really love running or, you know, I was doing this training program for my marathon and it wasn't always fun. It really sucked to like go out at six in the morning and do this thing. But I learned a lot about myself in that, like, you know, embracing the suck moments. And I'm like, yeah, I totally relate to that. Where you don't, you do learn a lot about yourself embracing the suck, but you know, what's the last time you let yourself embrace joy and play and rest? Like also check in with yourself on that because, um, shoot, the world will have us believe that only if we're productive and doing shit all the time, it's like when we're worth anything. Um, and it might be harder for some of us to lean into just like, not having a result or not doing something and it being really hard and feeling really good about us like pushing through it because that's obviously the current rhetoric of like no pain no gain no days off always hustling it's like ooh, that sounds exhausting it sounds really like tough and gritty but you know sometimes i like that persona of myself which like yeah we're tough and gritty and then sometimes i'm like i don't want to do that yeah that's like more the frame I'm in and I used to be that very much like hustle mentality but what I realized like I was almost using that busyness and hustle mentality and over exercising as a way to not deal with my emotions and the things that were actually going on in my life and I was able to like take that out of the equation for a little while and actually process a lot of that I was like oh okay I see like what's going on here and one of the things that kind of came to mind as you were talking about all of that with um, the training aspect of it and the outcomes the the question that came into my mind is like, what's the intention behind that? Like get your mile, that mile time down to X time. Mm-hmm. Then what? Right. Same with weight. We get you down to this weight. Then what? Yeah. As if you're searching for happiness, if you're searching for success or whatever it might be, and you're, you're extra, you're outsourcing that to something external, like mm-hmm. you're just never going to find it for the long term. So I think like, that's what brought it up. We're talking. I was like, how can we, internalize that instead of out yeah mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> or it's like well you know you ask me like what's next but I think the assumption is that you just keep doing it you know it's like you got to this weight you're just going to keep being that weight you got to this mile time you got to keep that mile time uh, at the very least and it's like oh <laughs> that right. sounds exhausting to me, I always like to reframe it as like, I'm not getting paid to be an athlete. I'm not getting paid to, you know, be the smallest body ever. So I don't really give a shit about that. Right. No one's paying me for it. I don't, to do that. I don't have to do it. So especially if I don't enjoy it. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. Um, but yeah, I think the reason that I, I created the program at the end of the day is because I, you know, it's, it's clearly, and I mean, you know this. It's taken me years. I'm always thinking about like what my relationship to movement is. Um, and it changes all the time. And quite frankly, like in this culture where if we're constantly like 
barraged with more and more messages of like, well, this is what you should do with movement. And this is why, and this, you know, whatever. Um, it's difficult. However, having a somewhat loose structure and, you know, community and some guidance around how to even start that process of what is it like to tune into your body? Um, you know, can we talk about motivation and like what its role is in movement? Um, which I think is always the most interesting because we're like, well, I'm not motivated. I need accountability. And it's like, what's the last time you just let yourself move your body for fun? And like, you know, like you said, like not necessarily do it every single day for this much amount of time. It's like, what if you took a walk and then when you were bored, you just could walk back. Right. <laughs> what's, the, what's the last time you just let yourself do that? Or you were on a run if you're a person that enjoys running uh, and you let yourself just stop. And just like look around and be like, cool, I'm gonna chill here on this bench. Right. That's fine. Right. So, um, really, we'll be asking a lot of questions around your relationship to movement because I think ultimately that's where I like to start with people and start with myself, where it's like, you know, why am I trying to? And, you know, I think we both will get inclinations of like, ooh, this program or this thing is just like gonna solve my life, especially after this year. I know there's that feeling in me where it's like, oh, this thing. Mm. And I have to check myself and really step back and be like, okay, so why, what need, what emotion, what feeling is this like trying to um, either fix or cover over um, instead of just like nurture and lean into? So I am kind of using those feelings of like, it's January, 2021, 2026, whatever. Um, but at the same time being like, how can we approach this and kind of use that four weeks to step back? Um, still give us something to do. I think our brains are like little children sometimes. They're like, I still want to do something. Um, but still give them something to do and something to think about. Um, still have a supportive community for movement, um, but maybe just tweak a little bit going forward and just see what happens. Um, four weeks is not gonna like, you know, drastically change 30 years of like diet culture no, <laughs> ingrained in our brains or something, but it's a start. And I think uh, giving someone an easy start instead of being like, enroll for three years of coaching to start undoing <laughs> 30 years. Like, what? Um, no. <laughs> you know, it's gonna take a while and that's okay. But, you know, giving yourself at least a start to stop moment um, is really helpful. I know that it was helpful for me five years ago. I don't even know when I got into like intuitive eating and stuff, but I just know, uh, January of 2015, I think, or 2016 was like the first moment where I was like, huh, what if instead of saying we're going to lose like five, 10 pounds or whatever, I'm just not going to track my food for a month. And if I hate it, if I hate it, I will come back to it. Right. Yeah. I did not come back to it. I love that experimentation. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a beautiful way for people to start having a passion to have yeah. a relationship with exercise where they can move in ways that, just like you said. So like I mentioned I'm, to you, I'm going to put this on the podcast. So all of you guys listening, I will have all of her links to her programs and how you can follow her. And you should go follow her because she's awesome. And she has a great sense of her. She has some really awesome content that she shares and definitely sign up and ask for all the information on that because she them. So thank you so much for coming on live with me. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. I definitely woke up. <laughs> I need to. I'm ready. <laughs> oh. <now. laughs> yes.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.